Good evening, high school football fans. This is the High School Football America radio show for May 11, 2017. I'm Jeff Fisher, host of the show and editor-in-chief of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Welcome to a show that's going to have a very NFL flavor to it tonight as we're going to talk with uh, two former NFL players and draw it back into the game of high school football. We're going to be joined at the top of the show in just a little bit by Jesse Sapolu, the four-time Super Bowl champ from the San Francisco 49ers, and uh, he has uh, not left the line, even though he's uh, well past uh, you know, play, his playing days. He is still coaching up those linemen with his uh, MIT Lineman Academy, MIT standing for Men in the Trenches, and uh, he also now has a uh, Super Lineman National Tournament. Yeah, we all know about the 7-on-7 seven seven passing tournaments, but Jesse has been able to uh, develop a, a national championship for the linemen, and he's going to talk about that coming up. Plus, He'll talk about the Polynesian Bowl, a new addition to the All-American scene. Uh, The game will be played this year, actually 2018, in um, Honolulu, Hawaii at Aloha Stadium on uh, January 20th, 2018. Uh, Second year for it, and he's going to talk about that. He's also the uh, the co-founder of the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame, so Jesse has a lot to talk about. He'll also take you back to his playing days there at uh, Farrington High School in Hawaii. And then we'll be joined by Derwin Gray, a uh, six-year NFL pro who uh, retired after the 1998 season. He was the 92nd overall pick in the 1993 NFL draft out of BYU. And uh, Derwin's going to come on to uh, talk about his son, a highly recruited uh, defensive back out of uh, Charlotte Christian in North Carolina. And I uh, thought it'd be great to have uh, Derwin come on and talk about you know his experience as a high school player and, and, and the recruiting process to BYU and, and, and things that he can talk to his, his son about. Out. And I think uh, a lot of you out there, uh, parents listening, uh, can learn a lot about uh, uh, the recruiting process. Definitely different from when he was in high school, but uh, Derwin Gray will be coming up on the show uh, a little bit later to uh, talk about those experiences and also his, uh, his high school playing days back in the day. And speaking of back in the day, uh, we teased you with this last week. High School Football America teaming up with uh, Skyhorse Publishing. I'll be authoring a book coming up uh, uh, to be released in 2018 on Texas high school football. It's going to be the first in a series of books. Very, very excited about this. Um, uh, this first one's going to be on Texas high school football, and basically what we're going to do is we are going to uh, interview about 20 to 25 players. Each chapter will be based upon a, a player who played high school football in Texas and then went on to the NFL. Uh, uh, current players and past players, uh, our first interview last week was with a past player. Uh, Raymond Berry, the Hall of Fame receiver for the uh, Baltimore Colts, played his high school football in tiny uh, Paris, Texas, and it was a great interview with uh, Coach Barry, you may remember that uh, after his uh, playing days, went on to be the uh, head coach of the New England Patriots. And uh, also, uh, interestingly enough, uh, a second player who we interviewed earlier today, uh, NFL coach and a college coach, Gene Stallings, also playing in Paris. He was a freshman when uh, Raymond was a senior, and uh, Raymond Barry played for his dad and Dad didn't start him until he was a senior, and uh, what we're going to be doing in this book is talking with players like uh, Coach Stallings and and Coach Barry and and talking about their favorite memory or memories from their playing days there in in Texas, so it's a... 
very Texas high school football centric book and uh, thought it'd be fun uh, here at the uh, top of the show to give you a little sneak peek of uh, my conversation with uh, Raymond Berry and uh, he talks about uh, he talked about to me not starting until his senior year and also the fact that in high school he was not uh, <laughs> the, the Hall of Fame receiver it was three yards and a cloud of dust that's the offense that dad ran and here's a snippet from uh, Raymond Berry about his playing days senior season there at uh, Paris High School in Texas. Basically, what I did in those days was play defense because we did in the single wing formation. We only had one formation, and uh, I was a left end, uh, and we had just a few pass plays, not much at all. And but so running the football and uh, throwing there just every once in a while. That's Hall of Famer Raymond Berry. Enjoyed my chat with him uh, so much uh, and just uh, real excited to have him a part of the book. Again, it will come out in 2018. Skyhorse Publishing is doing the book. It's Texas High School Football, uh, my favorite high school football memories, and uh, just very, very uh, uh, honored that uh, Coach Berry wanted to take the time and, and reminisce about uh, his time there at Paris. Uh, told a great story about when they played Highland Park and uh, a Highland Park Pretty much uh, when they came off the train, uh, the players came off the train. Uh, there were so many people there; it practically rimmed the entire uh, football field there at uh, Paris, Texas. So again, uh, look forward to uh, writing this book. Uh, just very, very excited that uh, what we're going to do is take uh, these players that played at the highest level on Sundays and take them back to their roots. Uh, and, and the reason for it is it. it, it dawned on me years ago, uh, whenever I would go into an NFL locker room, uh, you could always get players who get asked the same darn questions uh, uh, when they're at the NFL level about, you know, what what happened, what are you looking for, all that stuff. The, the way to get a player to smile was talk to him about his high school days. So that's kind of the impetus for the book. So very, very excited to, uh, to get down and get cracking on it and have it out in time for the 2018 high school football season. Look for it, and we'll uh, keep you informed at highschoolfootballamerica.com. I want to welcome in all of our partners here at uh, High School Football America. Before we get on to our interview with Jesse Sapolu, uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes, I uh, want to welcome in our good friends at Echo 1612. Echo bringing instant replay to high school sidelines, and they were the first ones to do it. Coaches designing technology for coaches, Chad Cargill and company there in Oklahoma City, coming up with this incredible product. They are cutting edge. It's now at the college level as well. Uh, check them out at Echo 1612.com. You can get to all of our partners by going to highschoolfootballamerica.com and clicking on their banner ad on the homepage there of the website. Also welcoming in Crossover with a K, crossover.com forward slash football. Get a five-minute free demo that will change your life. Coaches, you know how much time it takes to break down game film. Crossover will do it for you. Get it with you. T- get it back to you with tendencies. This will give you a competitive edge, just like Echo will. Learn more at Crossover with a K, crossover.com forward slash football. Also brought to you tonight by USA Today High School Sports. Once again, in 2017, USA Today High School Sports and High School Football America teaming up to give you great national high school football coverage and coverage specifically from Southern California. Check them out 
at usatodayhss.com. Brought to you by ScoreStream. When we're in season, all those scores that you get on the website in real time, they come from ScoreStream, and you can get the app. Download the app, and when you go to your favorite team's game, you can score along, send photos, videos, whatever you want. ScoreStream.com, available at Google Play and in the iTunes Store. And also brought to you tonight... By the Debris Inhibitor Razor by Southern Sport. The TDI Razor, Razor with a U, R-A-Z-U-R. You can keep those pesky rubber pellets from field turf out of your shoes, players, and give yourself that great look of spatting without the high cost of tape. Just go to TDIRazor.com. That's Razor with a U, R-A-Z-U-R.com. And if you put in the code HSFA, stands for High School Football America, you will be able to get a discount on your order. 20 great colors. You can get your logos on there. This is a fine product. Uh, Makes you look uh, real spiffy out there on the field, if you will. That's TDI Razor. So, again, thanks to all of the uh, partners that make this show possible each and every week. And we're going to take our first break and hear from all of our partners. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Jesse Sapolu. Farrington High School, back in the day in Hawaii, a four-time Super Bowl champion. He's going to talk about a lot of things here. We're going to go into the trenches with Jesse Sapolu. When we come back, you're listening to High School Football America. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, You'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. 
The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra Bigfoot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in, it's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K.com forward slash football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by USA Today High School Sports. Once again in 2017, USA Today High School Sports and High School Football America teaming up to give you great national coverage and coverage specifically from Southern California. Check them out at usatodayhss.com. Well, in a uh, world of high school football now where uh, it's seven on seven and everybody talking about who can throw the football, there is a uh, four-time Super Bowl champ on the line right now, Jesse Sapolu who, uh, remember back in the day, played for the 49ers, uh, played his high school ball in Hawaii at Farrington High School, and he's doing a whole lot with linemen. And coming up is the uh, Super Lineman National Tournament out here in Southern California. We're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about the MIT Lineman Academy, which stands for Men in the Trenches, and he's also going to talk about the Polynesian Bowl coming up in 2018 in Hawaii, and he's on the line right now to join us and talk about that. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, in, in a world where, you know, everybody wants to talk about 7-on-7, seven seven, you're, you're right where you love to be in the trenches there. So tell me a little bit about uh, what you've, you've come up here with in, in Southern California, whether it's with your Lineman Academy or the, the Super Lineman National Tournament coming up. Uh, how, how did you decide to spotlight these players uh, and get away from that 7-on-7 seven seven tossing the football around? <laughs> well, well, obviously, uh, I am a lineman at heart. And, uh, you know, my boys, uh, when I first retired from the 49ers, uh, you know, three of my boys, uh, was coming through the high school level and, uh, uh, they all went on to play, uh, at the college level. But, you know, uh, and then I learned as a parent, we take, uh, our kids to these combines and I felt like, you know, all the attention were paid to a lot of the skill positions. Mm-hmm. And I understood in my heart that, uh, 
you know, the, the, the technique that it takes and the details for linemen is very, very important. You know, when the game's on the line, you know, Joe Montana ain't no good if he's laying on his back. And, uh, and I felt like, you know, in Orange County is when they first started specialized quarterback training. Uh, like Carson Palmer, uh, Marinovich, remember those guys back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, there is not a, a platform for linemen to work on their technique during the offseason. And a lot of these camps are for one day, you know, and the kid forgets everything that he's learned because they try to teach him eight to ten things in that one day, and they forget it on the way home. So I wanted to create something uh, where we commit between 10 to 18 Saturdays in the off season where we can take our time and teach these kids the fundamentals of playing linemen. And as they get better, teach a few advanced things that they can take with them to their high school. And when they go to college, they're already ahead of the game. So um, 10 years ago, we, we started men um, in the trenches. And we started with sometimes there's six kids, sometimes there's 12 kids. And it's grown to right now the point where we passed 200 kids. Oh wow! Uh, that's a now that's a a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because I want every kid to have uh, detailed attention. So um, over the years, a lot of some of the top high school coaches have seen the value of it, and uh, they have come on to help me out with many in the trenches. And now other people are trying to start uh, lineman camps, which. To me, it's very, very important because we all know uh, at the end of the day, you know, the Dallas Cowboys improved a lot last year because uh, of their line up front and also their defense improved up front. So uh, that's the value of what we offer. Oh, yeah. I remember talking to uh, Bruce Rollinson at Modern Day uh, a couple of months ago on the show, and I, I said, let's let's really talk about the linemen. And you could see that, well, he was on the radio, but you could see the smile come across his face. <laughs> he said, those are the guys. No no one's watching these guys, but that's the key to it. <laughs> Jesse Sapolu is on the line, four-time Super Bowl champ. Uh, Men in the Trenches is what he uh, created, the Lineman Academy. Uh, it's always flattery to, to have something copied there. And, and now you go from that to the point where you have coming up here, I guess, in, uh, in a Little, little more than a week, your Super Lineman National Tournament. Again, we all know what about the seven-on-seven passing. Tell us how you're going to operate the, the Super Lineman National Tournament. Well, a Super Lineman National Tournament, in, you know, I, you know, when you're involved in, in teaching linemen uh, uh, for 16 to 20 Saturdays during the off season, you 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 start thinking of things. And I'm when I go to these combines like the Nike Combine, mm-hmm. uh, the Under Armour. You know, nobody really pays attention to linemen until there's one drill. And that drill is one-on-one pass pro and pass rush uh, challenge. And that's when everybody migrates to where the linemen are because they want to see the action. Well, a lot of the linemen competition, uh, when I was coaching my boys in high school, is about flipping tires, you know, bench pressing in a weight room, uh, doing an obstacle course. And to me, that's not necessarily a, a skill that you use in the game. So I wanted to create a tournament where you come in as a team, uh, you, you put a point system to it, and they can actually compete using a skill that they're going to use in a game. And I didn't know if it was going to work, but I started it four years ago, and it's now taken off. And uh, this year, we're going to go to two Saturdays, which um, May 20th will be the national championship. We got over 350 linemen competing that day. Wow. And there's schools and kids that couldn't get in. So 
<laughs> you know, I'm not going to leave out the, the smaller schools. So we, we created a, another Saturday for about another 16 schools. But the main tournament is May 20th. And it, it's one of those deals where if you'll know if you haven't been working in off season uh, <laughs> with your fundamentals and your technique because you're going to get uh, exposed a little bit. But uh, coaches are, uh, you know, loving that format. And uh, it's all about Lyman for me. Oh, I know that. I know. As a matter of it made me think, you know, you've been away from high school for a little bit, but take us back to Farrington. Can you imagine if you had somebody like yourself? I mean, what would that have done to your career? How how different would it have been? Maybe that's an unfair question, but I think it's kind of neat to dream about it. Well, I think it just goes with the times. You know, there weren't even specialized skill training back then, but yeah, I mean, you look at these kids and uh, I have some sixth, seventh graders that have come to us now for two years, and I'm amazed at how ahead they are technique-wise. And I always joke with the coaches. I said, at this age, I didn't even know what a three-point stance was. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it, it just shows you uh, the value of what we're doing. So this year was the first time we took on sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, and we built it up to about, on a good Saturday, we get 60 of those kids because... Um, and, and I tell the kids this at my um, men in the trenches. I said, if you're 6'4 and you're 285 pounds, you're going to get recruited whether you come to the men in the trenches or not. Mm-hmm. But the difference is if you come to men in the trenches, you could be a starter as a freshman at a major college. That's the difference because you're going to hit the ground running compared to just having size and you come in raw and it's going to take a couple of years for those coaches to fit you in. So. Um, but we also service kids who will never see a college field because they don't have the size, but they just want to experience a great high school career. So we try our best to teach them so they can become a starter as a junior or as a senior. So there's different values of what we offer uh, to every kid that comes through. Yeah, you can follow uh, Jesse Sapolu on uh, Twitter at uh, Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, and then it's A-S-A-P-O-L-U. We'll tweet that out on our Twitter for you. You can find out all about his camps and his tournament coming up and then the Polynesian Bowl as well. Uh, do, do you get shocked uh, in this day and age when you see these kids come in and the size? I mean, these guys are like what you used to face there with the 49ers. I mean, how big are our <laughs> linemen going to get? <laughs> well, let's put it this way. We had a tackle from Michigan named Bubba Paris that weighed 330 pounds. And Bill Walsh would punish him because he thought he was too heavy. Because <laughs> Bill was about athleticism and speed. And this guy was 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, well, I got kids at my camp that, that size now. <laughs> <laughs> no. That are a high school kid. I have a kid named Chuck Filiana who signed with Michigan. He's about 6'7". 320 and looks pretty lean so yeah the size is different uh, but at the same time we got to teach uh, these kids how to eat right mm-hmm. because sometimes when you carry that weight around you're not going to last that long and, and you know kids come to the camp and, and they look good they move good at 330 pounds but I tell them you got to look good in the fourth quarter and that's when you know if you carry too much weight is if you you're not able to sustain that that performance level for four quarters and the higher level you're going to be the more you're going to need that uh, gas tank in the fourth quarter so i teach them a few things that uh 
I learned as a player, so it's a good thing. Yeah, four-time Super Bowl champ, Jesse Sapulu. If he's uh, out there giving you information, you better listen to him, kids out there. And again, you can uh, we're going to tweet out the, the website uh, here a little bit later in the show so you can find out about uh, men in the trenches in the Super Lyman Tournament. And uh, as if you're not busy enough with that, uh, you've got the co-founder of the Polynesian uh, uh, Bowl, uh, the, the Hall of Fame. Uh, you, you seem a little busy at this point, so let's uh, let's <laughs> let's let's kind of talk about the Polynesian Bowl. I, I know uh, several years ago you coached in one that I saw here in La Mirada, and it was a great event with a lot of great talent. This year, uh, actually 2018, uh, you're going to have the event at uh, Aloha Stadium there in uh, Honolulu, uh, back to your your home state. Uh, tell me a little bit about the idea behind this. Uh, there's certainly a couple of other uh, All-American games out there, but we've got so many players. I'm, I'm sure there's room for three or four more others, though. How did the Polynesian Bowl come about? Well, the Polynesian Bowl uh, is sponsored by the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame, and I'm the co-founder and chairman of the board for the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame. We started the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame four years ago, Jeff, and it was one of those deals where uh, a few college coaches uh, challenged someone to step up because we have a history of Polynesians that go all the way back to the first person that played in the NFL in 1946. Mm. And when I played in the National Football League, there were eight of us. Now we got about 68 Polynesians in the, in the NFL. We got close to 1,000 in college, uh, all the way from Division Two all the way up to uh, – Division 1A, and at some point, these kids need to understand the history of those people that knocked down those walls, and it wasn't easy, but I started it four years ago, and now the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame uh, weekend has taken off, and last year, because the Pro Bowl is no longer in Hawaii, um, I approached um, uh, the Office of Tourism in Hawaii that used to fund the Pro Bowl to see what it would be like to bring the top high school talent from all over the nation. And now the game is 50% Polynesians and 50% uh, kids of other ancestries, uh, the very top talent in the nation, and we pay for all expenses to come to Hawaii. It's a way for us to have the people of Hawaii uh, see the top young talent that they're going to see on Saturdays uh, in the college level. At the same time, share our Polynesian culture with these kids. All Polynesian culture is about um, humility and respect. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we're trying to hang on to our kids, you know, with all the social media exposure and all these different things. We're so afraid that we might lose that, and and, and that's the world that we live in. But at the same time, you know, we we do a a culture sharing a whole week with with our non-Polynesian players. Uh, Ed McCaffrey's son, which is Christian McCaffrey's brother, Mm-hmm. That's a quarterback that committed to Michigan. He was one of the players last year. And I told our Polynesian board, uh, you know, some of these kids will be Aaron Rodgers, you know, um, uh, Tom Brady in about seven or eight years. And if we share our culture with them, all about respect and humility, uh, th- those things will stay with those kids for a long time. They will always remember that experience. The amazing thing, Jeff, is we treat them like pro bowlers. You know, they stay in four-star <laughs> hotels. We pay for everything. So sometimes I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, what would it have been like for me 
at my high school age to be treated like this, you know. So we, we've come a long, long way, but, you know, I'm happy for the kids. Well, congratulations. It's a great idea. Like you said, pay it forward is a very important part. Again, uh, you can learn more about uh, the Polynesian Bowl by going to polynesianbowl.com. January 20th, 2018, Jesse Sapolu is on the line. Uh, played his high school ball at, uh, at Farrington. I'm going to probably end with that, but uh, let's uh, let's uh, go to the, the, the next question, which is, um, you know, where, where, where does this all go for you? You just said about, you know, paying it forward and all that. I mean, what's, what's the, the great end game? Like, if you had a chance to dream, where do you see this all growing to for you and, and for your culture? Well, you know, I'm 56 years old. <laughs> That's, so am I. So, You're not old. You're not old. <laughs> well, a 56-year-old that played 26 years of football. <laughs> okay. You're old. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, 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 it's my hope that I've done my part to push it forward and, and uh, leave it in a good place. You know, people that are, some guys that are a little younger than me, like Troy Polamalu, um, you know, Marcus Mariota's coming up, Ronnie Stanley, who was a first-round draft choice of Baltimore Ravens. Um, I'm hoping that those guys can continue pushing the envelope forward uh, to make sure that our kids uh, understand uh, whether you make $12 million a year or not. You know, the roots and foundation of who you are mm-hmm. uh, is part of our culture, and that's um, making sure that you don't forget uh, the, the name that you carry on your back, you carry your family, you carry your community, and humility and respect is a big thing. So that's all I can hope for is, is, is people think I, I, I've helped push, nudge it forward and leave it in a good place for the next generation to take over. That's a pretty good thought there. I should mention that you tweeted out, uh, I guess it was yesterday, you've, you've got a couple of named coaches here for the Polynesian uh, game. Uh, you yeah. want to share that with the people? <laughs> these, these are two names. <laughs> well, you know, last year was our first year at Aloha Stadium, and uh, Dick Tomey, who was a longtime coach at Hawaii, Arizona, I think finished at San Jose, and June Jones, who was a head coach at Atlanta Falcons, University of Hawaii, um, and SMU. So they were the first two. And this year, you know, uh, Dick Vermeil, who's a Super Bowl uh, champion coach and also a, a UCLA a great coach and the legendary UCLA coach in Terry Donahue uh, have stepped up because they, they've coached a lot of Polynesian kids over the years. So they understand from recruiting you know, I think the joke is, <laughs> and that's just part of our culture, Jeff, you know, the, um, the joke is when when a, a coach goes to a Polynesian family uh-huh. to recruit a kid, the second time they come around, they call him uncle. <laughs> that, and that's just part of our culture. You know, we, uh, we're about family. And, uh, and these coaches, Dick Vermeule and Terry Donahue, have seen uh, a lot of Polynesian kids over the years. They've coached some great ones. And they have a soft spot for the Polynesian culture, so it was a natural for them to uh, agree to come and help us out. Wow, and and two great individuals. I've had the pleasure of getting to know both of them. And I mean, I when I was back in Philadelphia and when Dick was there, I mean, what a guy! And yeah. Terry and what he's done speaks for itself as as well. Uh, we're with uh, Jesse Sapolu. We're uh, wrapping up here, and like I said, I I, I thought uh, since this is about high school football, I, I take you back uh, a little bit of time um, to your time there at, at Farrington. And you know, one of the things we try to do on this show and the coaches that we interview know 
this real well. We believe this is the greatest sport in the world. We 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 know there's stuff sure that has is. to be fixed, but <laughs> you know what? It ain't going away. Um, tell me a little bit about your take on you know being in you know the high school game at Farrington and then the growth up to where you become a four-time champ but where did that all come from what did you learn from this game at the high school level that that people out there should know about how great it is well the game of football uh, one thing that uh, football puts you through uh, more than any other sport is it puts you through adversity you know learning to overcome you know those days that you wake up uh, at six in the morning and you can barely walk, you get out of bed. And between that time and the time you step on the field, you, you find a certain adrenaline that heals all of those pains and aches. <laughs> <laughs> so it teaches you about life. You know, when things, uh, uh, it gets hard, you know, you just got to hang in there and keep fighting away and plugging away. And, and, uh, eventually, uh, things will turn into your favor. And, you know, I was a, a a kid that was a knucklehead too growing up in Hawaii, like every other kid that's 15, 16, and 17. But there was a coach that believed in me because I was pretty big for my age that sat me down and says, you know, if you can just sacrifice and make all of these sacrifices, uh, get your grades up, you know, uh, come to the weight room, you know, be on time, uh, you're going to change your life. And... Uh, those men that has helped me over the years have turned my life around. And I guess I feel the need uh, to return that favor um, because that's how it's going gonna, it's gonna to help our youth. Uh, but the game of football is number one for a reason. You know, all these news that's coming up with concerns about hand injuries and all of this stuff. And yet football, the, the ratings just keeps going up because it's a gladiator sport. It's a sport that challenges your manhood. It challenges your discipline. You can't take that type of violence uh, and step off the field with it. You know, you got to be able to be the nicest, uh, gentle person off the field and then turn on the engine when you step um, on that 100-yard field. So uh, there's a lot of different things in life that football teaches you, and, and um, I'm hoping to share that with a lot of the guys that come through. Well, Jesse, we appreciate you joining us on the show, and uh, I ditto ditto on everything you just said there about it. We love the game of football, and thank you for everything that uh, you've done for the young men and trying to help them and pass it on, and good luck with the Polynesian Bowl. Thank you for coming on the show. If we can ever do anything for you, let us know, and uh, again, thanks for joining us tonight. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Appreciate it. Very welcome. Jesse Sapolu. Uh, you can learn more. Go to highschoolfootballamerica.com. We're going to put up a little bit of story. You'll see all the links there and how you can get involved with the Lineman Academy and learn about the Super Lineman National Tournament. Coming back with more, you're listening to High School Football America. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, 
you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in, it's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K.com forward slash football. 
This portion of High School Football America brought to you by USA Today High School Sports. Once again, in 2017, High School Football America and USA Today High School Sports teaming up to give you great national high school football coverage and coverage specifically from Southern California. Check them out at usatodayhss.com. Well, the show with NFL flavor rolls on as we go from the West Coast now to the uh, East Coast. And we're going to talk with uh, Darwin Gray, who uh, played his high school football in Texas. And then uh, after moving on to Brigham Young, he was drafted out of BYU, the 92nd overall pick in the 90s draft playing uh, with the Colts and with the Panthers. He's also now a pastor at a church uh, back east in North Carolina. But more importantly, his son is an up-and-coming junior uh, to be defensive back at uh, Charlotte Christian there in North Carolina. And uh, we thought it would be great to have a a guy that knows what it's like to be recruited and got to the next level and kind of educate all the parents out there on what uh, you uh, should know about uh, recruiting nowadays because uh, I think uh, uh, Derwin may have a little bit of inside information on what it takes and he's on the line right now to talk about that and some other things we'll even take him back to the Lone Star State and Judson High School on this conversation. Welcome to the show Derwin. Hey Jeff thank you so much I'm honored to be on your show as you were speaking I had all these flashbacks and one of them was in 1995 when I played for the Colts I intercepted Steve Young and as I was making my way towards the end zone, there was a giant offensive lineman by the name of Jesse Sapulu who, uh, who, who engulfed me in his epic size, and I just folded up like a cheap lawn chair. However, I did intercept a, a Hall of Famer and BYU alumni. So, yeah, man, Jesse's awesome. Uh, he he was so great and you know all too often when you do shows like this you know it's those guys that you know the, the guys throwing the ball the guys catching the guys running and Jesse really just talked about going in the trenches there so it was good stuff so thanks for for that memory and let's uh, let's just dive into this a little bit uh, your son obviously is getting some good looks I think he's got five uh, offers the last check I had there on 24-7 sports Penn State BYU I'm sure you might be pushing him that way a little East Carolina Purdue and South Carolina so let's Let's just dive into it. As a father that's gone to the next level, at the highest level of the of the profession, as you watch your son get recruited, uh, I guess there's two questions here in this. You know, how different is it from when you were a kid, and 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 what are some of the things you're talking to your son Jeremiah about? Yeah. So um, the first thing I'll say, I'll start with the second part of your question. Is uh, overall, what I want for my son is is to be a great man. And I define being a great man as a loving man, as a caring man, as a man who cares about others more than himself, who desires to serve others. We define success as how do I help other people become successful? And so we want him to be the best he can be spiritually, academically, relationally, um, and, and socially. And so the thing that I've talked to him about, that I've talked to him about for years now, is take care of the root and the fruit will come. And what I mean by take care of the root, it's your attitude, um, it's your effort, it's your intelligence, it's your faith. That when you take care of the root, the fruit will come. So, so we don't think about how do you become successful. We think about doing those root-type things, whether if it's academically, whether if it's athletically, whether if it's socially, whether it's being a great teammate. And then the fruit, the byproduct of the root, 
will come and then you can enjoy the fruit. And I think in today's world, we focus more on success and typically success is defined as what makes me have the life that I want. Mm -hmm. We look at the fruit instead of digging into the root. And so as it pertains to football, being a former NFL player, the things that I've shared with him, his mom was a division one athlete as well. God has gifted him genetically in amazing ways. He's, he's a sophomore in high school. He's six foot one. His arms are 33 inches long. Uh, he can jump. He can run. He can do all those things. And my thing to him is God's gift that he gave you is free, but to develop that gift comes with a cost. And so what I talk to him about is don't just work hard because you can work hard at doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You have to be strategic in how you work so that you can function. So when we do defensive back drills, I teach him the nuances. When, I, when we watch game film, I teach him the game within the game, meaning down, distance, formation, tendencies, so football IQ. And then I teach him um, the key to being a great football player is being a great teammate. If you make your teammates better, guess what will happen? you'll begin to rise up because you're pulling them up as well. And if that can become contagious, you'll have a great team where people will reach their potential as such. And and so those are the things that I talked to him about. Now, as it pertains to recruiting, uh, my son got his first scholarship offer as a freshman in high school. So he's up to six offers now. Um, He'll probably be one of the top, defensive backs in the country. Um, That was unheard of in 1988 when I was being recruited. I had three offers, BYU, Kansas State, and TCU, and they were all about two months before National Signing Day. (laughs) And and so recruiting is happening a lot earlier now. So, So with my son, my wife and I recognize that with his work ethic, with his physical tools, the way he played it, he's probably going to be recruited. So how do we get on offense and turn social media and turn the early recruitment into a character developing tool? Uh, Because it can be a distraction. There are columnists who want interviews. I'm like, man, he's got homework to do. He doesn't have time to do an interview. (laughs) You know, and then you know, he, he, he gets an offer from, Will, from, uh, from, from Coach Muschamp from USC, and Muschamp knows defensive backs. To get an offer from him is kind of like Yoda telling you that you're going to be a Jedi. I mean, that's, that's a big offer for him. So when he tweeted that, the amount of people and fans, so how do you teach a 16-year-old to use that as character formation and not distraction or leading to ego. And and so we all keep it in the context of everything you have, the very breath you take is a gift of God's grace. So you want to leverage this and use this as an opportunity to develop yourself that regardless of who offers you, that doesn't change. Stay focused on the root. Stay focused on the root. And he has a great combination of his mom and me. And so he's kind of a um, an old man in a young body, the way he <laughs> approaches things and his wisdom, and he's been that way for a while. But but we want to take these 
these early opportunities and the social media and the world that we live, that live in now is don't run from it. Learn how to leverage it and use it to shape your character instead of using it as a distraction or something that would diminish your character. Um, so that's some of the stuff that, that we've learned. And then what I would say to parents is beware of getting emails that say, hey, this is an all-American camp. Uh, pay a hundred bucks to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend to parents if you have to pay for a camp, and it's not on a college campus in the summertime working out for college coaches, don't do it. If they're not going to be college coaches there, and you have to pay for it, I do not recommend doing that camp. Now, if it's a Rivals camp or a Nike camp or an Under Armour camp and it's free, go ahead and go. But if you've got to pay for a camp and no college coaches are there, do not go. Because I think at times it, it kind of turns into a scam. Also, don't be doing all of these combines right after the season is done. Think about it. If NFL players take three to four months to prepare for a combine, why would a high school kid prepare for a combine three weeks after the season is over? And if no college coaches are there, what are you really combining for? Mm-hmm. Like you want to be in your best shape going into the summertime to do combines and workouts on college campuses for college coaches. Wow, you just gave a whole lot of uh, intel there <laughs> in, in one big soundbite. That is good stuff. Derwin Gray on the line, former NFLer, played his high school ball in Texas at Judson High School. His son, one of the top uh, defensive backs in the country, uh, is a class of 2019. And and, and that, then comes the next question when, when you get these college coaches in front of you, because there is pressure at all levels, right? These coaches have to win. They have to get the, the best talent. You as a, as a dad and a former former NFLer and college football player, what, what are those meetings going to be like when someone's there going to say, you know, Jeremiah needs to come here? Like, what, what are the things that coaches will do that maybe parents should look out for? Obviously, everybody's going to promise you the moon, but you can break it down a little bit better. Are there any tips there for that? Yeah, so, so one of the advantages of my wife being a Division One athlete and me being a Division One athlete and a professional football player is we're able to give some insider information um, to our son um, to uh, to really help him navigate this process. So the first thing is be proactive. Pro means before, active obviously means to act. So, so be proactive. So one of the things that we've been doing with our son is really talking to him about based on your values of what you value in, in life, Develop a criteria by which you grade each school that you go to, and then we'll help you shape that. Now, my wife and I want our son to be a leader, so we don't want to do it for him, but we're going to help him shape it. And so he builds a criteria, and then he rates the schools one through five based on that criteria, then adds them up. Then that way he's not making a emotional decision, but one that's based on his values, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and so the first value is this. What is the academic culture of that school? So I played in the NFL for six years. When I was done, I was 27 years old. 
according to neuroscience, I was barely an adult because for a man, his frontal lobe stops developing at about 25 to 26. So your education is really important. So you want to be in a locker room where the coaches and the culture in that locker room is you want players and push them towards getting serious degrees. So when we were recently at Penn State, one of the questions that my son asked and one of the questions I asked is, could you show us what do the players on this team major in? Because if we see a cluster around majors that perhaps are not the most conducive for getting a job when you graduate, that's a concern because we don't want to be in an environment where – hey, you just take a major so you can stay eligible and you can play. So even if you do play in the NFL, you need to be intelligent. So Mm -hmm. intelligence is really important. My uh, wife was uh, 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 magna cum laude uh, in high school and college. Uh, I have a a doctorate. And so uh, football is not a career. It's a stepping stone. So we want to make sure that education is serious because I have in my home championship rings that collect dust. (laughs) <laughs> and whenever I've gone for a job interview, no one said, Derwin, what's your 40 time? And let me see your championship ring. <laughs> so, so being in a culture where coaches really want you to get a real good degree and that the academic support uh, is inclined to help that. The second thing is, what do the coaches on these recruiting trips talk to you about? Is it only going to the NFL and you're going to make m- 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 money or is it, Look, here's the reality of it. When I bring you in as a player, I'm believing that you can help me keep my job to take care of my wife and kids. (laughs) So what I want to do for you is not only do I want to make you a great football player, not only do I want to help your 40 time be faster, but I want as a result of our relationship 40 years from now, you're a man serving his family, serving his community, and making a positive difference in the, in the world. Um, that's what I want to look for from a coach because that's who helped me become um, who, I, who I am. And, and then thirdly, you want to look at who are the other kids that are being recruited in the locker room? Do they have similar values? Um, are they the kind of guys that you want to spend time with? And then fourthly, uh, what is the football tradition? What is the coaching? And so – uh, we're not enamored by the biggest brand of the school. Uh, Jeremiah has values that is going to determine where he's going to go to school. So I would encourage parents to sit down with their prospective student athlete and really walk through what does our values look like and then what's the criteria. And let me give a warning for some families who are listening. 80%, that's 8 out of 10 NFL players that play in the NFL. 8 out of 10, 80%. Within three years of retiring from the NFL are divorced, financially bankrupt, or addicted to some substance, whether alcohol or drugs. So please understand that going to the NFL is not necessarily a gateway to whatever paradise you think it's going to be. Uh, I've been retired now for 20-something years, and those statistics uh, ring out true, that there were a lot of friends of mine who didn't go back to get their degrees 
and they found it very difficult to go from a football field where you're worshipped as a demigod to all of a sudden you've got to work for the person who has cheered for for you. That's very damaging to your ego if you don't understand the big picture. So please don't dismiss what I'm saying about education because not every four or five star kid gets to play. Um, Southern California, Todd Marinovich is a great example. Oh yeah. Um, when I was in high school, I looked up to him. He was Superman. Um, you know, so, so really, really have a value system of why you want to do what you want to do. And also what I would say to the parents and what I say to my son is don't use your high school to get a scholarship. Don't use your high school to get a scholarship. Be the best possible student athlete you can be at that high school and the scholarship will come if you're talented. Because if you start off using your high school for a scholarship, you potentially could be creating a pathway to become a person that uses other people for their own good versus uh, you want to bless other people by your presence. And I just believe that when you take care of the root, the fruit will come that what I found in my own life as a 46-year-old man, now author, pastor, husband, learning to be a dad, learning to be a husband, all those things, I found that when I live to bless other people and to make them better, the fruit is I become better and more blessed. Yeah, that, it, it makes sense. And, and by the way, folks, if, if you want to boil it down, there is student and student athlete. And that's what uh, Derwin's talking about. Derwin Gray on the line uh, tonight, uh, giving some great information. His son, uh, a good one in North Carolina, uh, is going to be playing at uh, Charlotte Christian uh, coming up in his junior year, a defensive back, already has six offers. And just talking to Derwin about uh, stuff that he learned along the way. You talked about the pressure these days with those recruiting services, which, you know, while they're a necessary evil, and I mean that in kind of both ways. Um, can you imagine taking yourself back uh, into the day at Judson? I mean, what would have it been like for you? I mean, how different would you have been? I mean, and I know you had a kind of a tough upbringing too, so maybe mesh that together. You didn't, you didn't have someone like yourself given these words of wisdom and all mm-hmm. that. What would have have been like for you if it was 2017 back in the day? Oh man, well, if I get a I get a, I get a little emotional. Just forgive me. Um, it's okay. So, my uh, grandmother primarily raised me. My mom and dad um, had issues, and so um, I was. If it wasn't for coaches telling me that there's a thing called the ACT and teaching me the values of hard work, um, you know, no telling where I would be. So, so football for me was not just a game. It was a way to escape um, the pain that I was going through. It was a way to really just escape my environment. And so my relentlessness and my tenacity was shaped by what I wanted to get out of. But then God in his grace had good men who really coached me and understood that football wasn't just about winning games, but teaching young men to um, to be successful in life. And that's why I'm so 
passionate about coaches recognizing that wins and losses at the end of the day is not what it's about. Mm -hmm. But what's beautiful about the high school that I went to is we have the most state championship appearances in the state of Texas. We're a national dynasty, and not once did we ever talk about winning a football game. It was always issues of attitude and effort and teammate and sacrifice and discipline, and we kicked everybody's butt. <laughs> but we never talked about winning. So um, one of the things that our coaches did, too, is they did a good job of being our advocates so we wouldn't be um, – distracted so our coaches would talk to the recruiters when they came in but now what what recruiters can do is they can follow your kids on twitter and begin the conversation so as of september 1 at midnight colleges will be able to go directly to my son because he at at september 1 at midnight It'll be his junior year, and colleges can go directly to him. And so we're even thinking of ways of how to monitor that because he doesn't need to be distracted when he's in Spanish 2 or Algebra 2, you know. So we're going to look at proactive ways. Um, Now, also, my son is so much more physically gifted than than me. He's 6'1", 195, runs a 4'6". When I was his his age, I was 5'8". 145 and I ran a 525. <laughs> That's not five stars. So he, no, so he physically could have eaten me, right? I mean, it's just a whole different uh deal here with him. So, um I think that in today's world with social media, it's very easy to create this alternative personification and to make yourself more than what you are to impress people who are doing exactly the same thing. And so one of the things that I love about my son, and it's not my mom, it's not his mom or it's me who gave him this. This is just God's grace on his life is he's an old soul. And he kind of like, I'm just not into the hype. Like here I am, this is me. And so I hope and pray that he continues with that because what comes recruiting and interviews and particularly now with him getting an SEC offer, um, that's probably going to expedite his recruiting. But as long as he stays rooted and mm-hmm. what's important, then it'll be something that shapes his character versus diminishes it. It is something that will excite him versus distract him. Uh, but, man, I don't know how I would have handled it. I don't think I would handle it as good as he's handling it. Uh, but once again, you have to be on offense and say, how can I turn this to an advantage instead of a disadvantage? Makes sense. Derwin Gray on the line. And let's stay with uh, with Judson High School one more minute. You, you say you didn't talk about winning, but you got to have a favorite memory or two there. So uh, a- anybody from Converse <laughs> listening to the show here, uh, can, can you flash him back? What, what's your favorite memory and or memories of, of being there? I would say my favorite memory is when I transferred to Judson second semester, my my sophomore year, I was so out of shape that it was a culture that I was not prepared for. And every day my defensive back coach, Mike Sullivan would make me run after practice. And he was just on me all the time. And I'd never had a man push me to become better. 
And what leaders do is they see in you what you don't see in yourself. And so he pushed me the way he did because he saw that I could be great. I just didn't see it. I thought he just didn't like me. <laughs> and so and so eventually I began to see that the hard work and the way he was getting on me was making me better. And so I went from a slow, scrawny kid to only starting one year my senior year and becoming first team all state. But the most important memory from Judson I remember is after my eligibility was up, Coach Sullivan, the same man that would yell at me and push me after practice and bring the best out of me, would take me up to his office and he'd grab a floppy disk, put it into the computer, and it was a program to prepare me for the ACT. Mm. And I had to take it three times before I got the score, which was a 16. It was a 16. Mm. I couldn't even get to school today. It was a 16, and that man would work with me to prepare for the ACT. And today, I have one doctorate, and I'm working on another doctorate. And I tell that man every time we talk how much I love him and how much I appreciate him. And how much I'm thankful that he yelled at me and saw greatness in me so much so that he pushed me beyond my comfort zone to be the best I could be. Wow. Folks, if you don't believe that coaches have an impact on young men's lives, uh, just listen to the last, uh, rewind this when you get a chance and, and listen to what Derwin just said there. Derwin Gray uh, played his high school ball at Judson High School, his son, a, a top recruit in the uh, class of 2019. Great information being given. And I think, you know, the one thing that uh, the listeners have been able to hear here over the last uh, 12, 13 minutes of this interview is uh, you, you may be a, maybe a preacher. It, it's coming through a little bit. You've got, you, you've got that in you there. T- tell me a little bit about um, your, your faith. Obviously, you've talked about how you but but how do you go from that NFL player that's busting heads to uh, a guy that's uh, trying to lead a a congregation (laughs) well it's the biggest joke ever that I'm a pastor and preacher because I grew up as a compulsive stutterer (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's one of the funny I laugh all the time at God's sense of humor I've (laughs) literally spoken from India to Israel to Germany to all over the country and I'm the kid who wouldn't give oral presentations in high school because I grew up as a compulsive stutterer. So um, the long story short is this, is that uh, my wife and I, neither one of us attended church growing up. And so we conquered the American dream. I'm living out my dream as an NFL player. She's highly accomplished herself. But both of us recognized that it wasn't enough. And so I had a teammate. His name is Steve Grant, but his nickname was the Naked Preacher. And every day after practice, he'd take a shower, dry off, wrap a white towel around his waist, and he'd start sharing his faith with uh, with my teammates. And my teammates <laughs> would say, don't pay no attention to him. That's the Naked Preacher. <laughs> well, my rookie year in 1993, no one else was in the locker room but me. And I saw him coming, and I was like, oh, here comes this weird religious guy. And he asked me a question that changed my life. He said, uh, he said, Rookie D. Gray, do you know Jesus? And I began a five-year conversation as I watched his life, the way he loved his wife and his kids. He wasn't perfect, man, but he was faithful. And uh, he, sh- he shared with me the best story that I've ever heard. He, my whole life was based on 
performance. And he told me a story that God doesn't love us based on our performance. He loves us based on Jesus going to the cross to die for our sins and to raise again, to live innocent through us, to make us a part of his family, to give us a greater purpose in life. And that just connected with me because um, everything in my life, love was conditional. And for the first time I heard that I was loved with all of my bad parts and all, and that the cross was big enough to cover and forgive me. And uh, man, it just overwhelmed me. And so that was my fifth year in the NFL. The next year we came to Charlotte, North Carolina to play for the Panthers. And uh, I just felt in training camp like, I don't know how much longer I want to do this. And I was at practice, and I would be sharing scriptures with my teammates. And little did I know that God was forming a ministry heart in me. So I ended up getting hurt against the Dallas Cowboys, and I couldn't play the rest of the year. So I would just sit in the ice tub and rehab my knee and read the Bible, like, all day long. And the more I read it, the more I came to know Christ and love him, and I just couldn't help but share it. And eventually I got invited to speak at a youth event, and that went really good. And the youth pastor said, get ready. God's going to use you. And then the next day I got like 10 phone calls to go travel and speak. And eventually, after traveling the country and speaking, God put it on my wife and I's heart to to start a church where black people, white people, Asian people, Latino people, you know, a church like heaven, where all the beautifully multicolored people would be. And so we started a church called Transformation Church because we were under the conviction that Jesus said, do on earth as it is in heaven. Well, heaven is beautifully diverse because of Jesus. And so we wanted to plant a church that reflected heaven and where people would learn to love God and love their neighbors. And so that's what we've been doing the last seven years. And by God's grace, we're one of the fastest growing churches in the country. It's pretty amazing. Wow, what a story. Uh, folks, uh, it, it, it goes to show. It doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish, that's for sure. Uh, Derwin Gray on the line, and we're going to end with one one funny little note here. Uh, I, I mentioned BYU was in the mix there as far as offers. You sure, Dad, that you're not going to push him toward the alma mater? <laughs> well, you know, obviously, BYU is a very, very special place. That's where my wife and I met. Uh uh, Ty Detmer is the offensive coordinator. I've got tons of friends there. Um, you know, B- BYU is a special place to my wife and I. My son has heard about BYU his whole life, but we've also taught our son to be a leader. And he's at the age to where we want to support him in the decisions that he makes out of his own leadership. And so BYU, according to him, is certainly strongly in the mix uh, but ultimately, we want to support him in being the man that he wants to be and uh, his decision-making process. We we just want him to be where the Lord has called him to be so he can be the man he's been created to be. Yeah, well, I didn't want to put you on the spot. I was just having fun because if I had fun with myself, I'm a, I'm a big Penn State fan back <laughs> into the day. And, and Coach Franklin, I covered him when he was at ESU. I, I love Coach Franklin. That guy's got, got some stuff going on. But Derwin, really appreciate you taking the time to, to let people know what you have going on. You gave some great information. I just appreciate your time. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, let us know. But thank you for joining us on the show tonight. Well, thank you so much. And let me just say this. When we uh, went to Penn State, they set the bar pretty high and made a big 
imprint on my son and us as a family as well. So they're certainly uh, right up at the top. Yeah, Coach Franklin's a good one. All right, Doran, take care. Look forward to catching up. If you're, you, out, if you're out here in Orange County, I know you are a lot. you got to look us up. We're going we're gonna to break a little bread together then. Take care. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Okay. Again, that's Derwin Gray, and uh, appreciate him coming on the show tonight along with uh, Jesse Sapolu, who talked earlier, our first guest. Uh, if you missed any of uh, this show, you can always go back and listen to it in our archives. All of our shows are there free. It's a who's who of high school football since we started it way back in 2011 in July, coming up on another anniversary. It just seems like yesterday we started this radio show. Also want to remind everyone out there, the Coach's Job Board is clipping along. We've got two of them on the website at highschoolfootballamerica.com. It's all football. We have 250 active openings up there. Coaches, if you have a, a staff need, an opening on your staff, make sure you email us and we'll post it for you for free by emailing us at jobposting at highschoolfootballamerica.com. Also, we have coachesjobboard.com. That is uh, for coaching jobs in everything except football. It's coachesjobboard.com. Again, you can just email us with your job posting at High School Football America to get it posted up there. Just appreciate everybody uh, getting to it. We've put up uh, over 4,500 jobs uh, since we started this back in 2014. And just really nice things that come in from the coaches saying thank you for uh, helping us uh, find uh, new coaches and all that and it's uh, something we really really enjoy make sure you follow us on twitter when we're off the air we have all of our uh, news for you up there we have changed from hsfb america to jeff fisher media that's our handle also follow us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash high school football america and you can check out all the stadium project photos from high school football stadiums around the country and in southern california we have those up on instagram our handle there is also High School Football America. I want to thank all of our partners. Uh, Echo for instant replay. Go to Echo 1612. You'll get that instant replay on your sidelines eight seconds after the play is done. Get your game film broken down by Crossover with a K. Crossover.com forward slash football. Check them out. Uh, had Pat Blizniak, uh, the Texas sales representative, on the show a couple of weeks ago. Go back into the archives and learn about all their tendency reports, how they can give you a competitive edge. Crossover with a K forward slash football for a free five-minute demo. Also brought to you by ScoreStream. Get the app at Google Play and the iTunes Store. Also brought to you by the Debris Inhibitor Razor by Southern Sport. TDI Razor with a U, R-A-Z-U-R, TDIRazor.com. Use the special code HSFA to get a discount on your order to keep those pesky rubber field pellets from getting into your shoes, players. And finally, brought to you by USA Today High School Sports. Once again, we're teaming up with USA Today High School Sports in 2017 to give you great national coverage and coverage specifically from Southern California. Check them out at usatodayhss.com. All right, that's going to do it for this week. We'll talk to you next week on America's premier high school football talk show, High School Football America.